Welcome to the Sage Saith podcast. Live a worthy life. Shalom. Number 1506-23. A year with the church fathers. See the new covenant in the old. Moses received the law directly from God in the desert. A Christian says St. Irenaeus sees that the law of Moses and all the sights and sounds of the ancient Israelite religion were symbolic foreshadowings of the perfect new covenant that would come with Jesus Christ. In the wilderness, Moses received the law from God, the ten words on tables of stone written with the fingers of God. Exodus chapter 31 verse 18. The finger of God means what is stretched forth from the Father and the Holy Spirit and the commandments and ordinances that he delivered to the children of Israel to observe. And he built the tabernacle of witness by the command of God. It was the visible form on earth of those things that are spiritual and invisible in the heavens, and figure of the form of the church, and a prophecy of things to come. In that tabernacle were also the vessels and the altars of sacrifice, and the ark in which he placed the tablets of the law. And he appointed as priests Aaron and his sons, assigning the priesthood to all their tribe, the seed of Levi. Moreover, he summoned this whole tribe by the word of God to accomplish the work of service in the temple of God, and gave them the Levitic law, which tells what kind of men those ought to be who are continually employed in performing the service of the temple of God. St. Irenaeus, Demonstrations of the Apostolic Preaching, 26. In God's presence, consider, Have I made an effort to know and understand the Old Testament as well as the New? At the most recent Mass I attended, How were the Old Testament readings related to the New Testament readings? Closing prayer. Lord, send your Holy Spirit to clear the clouds that darken my understanding so that I may understand the meaning and the wonders of your law. Through the year with Thomas Merton. A new light. I saw the country in a light that was usually not seen as the low slanting rays picked out of the foliage of the trees and highlighted a new wheat field against the dark curtain of woods on the knobs, which were in shadow. It was very beautiful. Deep peace. Sheep on the slopes, behind the sheep barn. The new trellises in the noviate garden leaning and sagging under a hill of roses, cardinal singing suddenly out in the walnut tree, and piles of fragrant logs all around the woodshed waited to be cut in bad weather. I looked at all this in great tranquility, with my soul and spirit quiet. For me, landscape seems to be important for contemplation. Anyway, I have no scruples about loving it. Didn't St. John of the Cross hide himself in a room up in a church tower where there was one small window through which he could look out at the country? 
the sign of Jonas. Magnificat, June 2023. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 20 through 26. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, You shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin, and whoever says, You fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar, go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court with him, Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown in prison. Amen. I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny, the gospel of the Lord. Meditation of the day, avoiding fiery Gehenna by turning to Jesus. Here I am at Thursday, the usual Disgust descends upon me. Fear of losing my soul comes over me. The number of my sins and their enormity all open up before me. What agitation! In these moments, my guardian angel suggests in my ear, but God's mercy is infinite. I calm down. Early in the day, the pain in my head began. It must have been around ten o'clock. When I was alone, I threw myself on the bed. I suffered some, but Jesus was not long in appearing, showing me that he also suffered greatly. I reminded him of the sinners for whom he himself urged me to offer all my little aches to the Eternal Father on their behalf. While I was with Jesus in suffering, and he suffered also, a strong desire came upon me, almost impossible to resist. Jesus realized this and asked me, What do you want me to do? And I immediately, Jesus, have pity, lighten Mother Mary Teresa's torments. And Jesus, I have already done so. Do you wish anything else? He asked. That gave me courage, and I said, Jesus, save her, save her. And Jesus answered like this, On the third day after the Assumption of the Blessed Mary, she will be released from purgatory, and I will take her with me to heaven. Those words filled me with a joy such that I do not know how to express it. Jesus said a number of other things. Those words filled me with a joy such that I do not know how to express it. God's Little Instruction Book, number one, two, and three, by Honor Books. Golden Nugget, number one, inspired by 1 Corinthians, chapter nine, verses 27. The disciple of desire is the background of character, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest 
that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Golden Nugget number 2, inspired by Proverbs chapter 1, verse 19. You can build a throne with bayonets, but you can't sit on it for long. So are the ways of everyone who gains by violence. It takes away the life of its possessors. Golden Nugget number 3, inspired by John chapter 7, verse 38. You can't fill an empty bucket with a dry well. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Chesterson, day by day. Certainly, it is untrue that three is no company. Three is splendid company. Three is the ideal number for pure comradeship, as in the Three Musketeers. But if you reject the proverb altogether, if you say that two and three are the same sort of company, if you cannot see that there is a wider abyss between two and three than between three and three million, then I regret to inform you that you shall have no company either of two or three, but shall be alone in a howling desert till you die, alarms and discursions, reflection. It is not always easy to conquer the spirit of vanity and conceit in oneself. Only the great spiritual directors have succeeded in this, with God's grace above all, with constant vigilance over their souls, and with very delicate spiritual sensitivities and distinctions. Abba Nesteros was once walking with one of his brethren. Suddenly they spotted a serpent on the road. The brother quickly moved aside, and the great Nesteros fled after him. Are you also afraid, father? the monk asked Nesteros. The elder replied, No, my son, I'm not afraid, but I had to flee, otherwise I would not have escaped the spirit of vanity, that is, Had I remained in place, you would have been amazed at me, and from that I would have become vain. A quotation by St. Augustine. God has promised forgiveness to your repentance, but he has not promised tomorrow to your procrastination. Ancient wisdom for the day's world. Distance does not count with love. Let us be prudent in the maintenance of marital fidelity. When a couple are united, even if the husband is abroad on a journey, distance ought not to diminish the joy of their love. Near or far, it is always the same law that unites them. Together or apart, it is always the same bond that guarantees the privileges of conjugal love. Even if one or the two is traveling a long way away, The same yoke of shared blessings unites them closely one to the other because they have accepted the yoke of grace not only on their bodies but also on their souls. You, husband, set aside your pride and rough manners when your wife approaches you with solitude. Stifle all irritation when she, full of tenderness, invites you to love. You are not her owner but her spouse. You have not found a slave, but a wife. God has willed that you should be not a master, but a guide to the weaker sex. Copy her tenderness. 
respond eagerly to her love. Marriage requires you to soften the spikiness of your character. Union with your wife obliges you to remove all hardness from your heart. Never seek another woman's couch. Never yearn for physical union with anyone else. Adultery is a grave matter. It is an outrage against nature. It is the beginning God made Adam and Eve masculine and feminine. And he made the woman by taking her from the man, by removing a rib from Adam. And he ordered the two to become one body and to live in one spirit. Why, then, should you want to tear apart what is a single body, to divide what is a single soul? Adultery is a violation of nature. Ambrose, Hexamoron, 5, 7.